Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Pete Scazzaro, and our topic uh, today is seven qualities of spiritual maturity according to Jesus, or Jesus, seven qualities or characteristics of a spiritually mature uh, Christ follower. And I'm taking this out of the Sermon on the Mount. I have been studying the Sermon on the Mount, actually meditating on it uh, for months in my morning prayer time. And so I have in front of me uh, a sheet of a manuscript study of Matthew 5 to 7 of all these notes written on it, because I basically meditate verse by verse, writing notes, you know, comparing, contrasting, do a little bit of study here and there, and uh, but really been pondering the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I understand I've preached the Sermon on the Mount. I have done multiple studies in the Sermon on the Mount uh, over the years, but I feel like I am just beginning to wade into it. Uh, I told Jerry, my wife, I'm getting all this revelation, and she said to me, it's not showing yet. Uh, and I think there is some truth in that uh, because it is a, it is just an incredible uh, sermon of the kingdom of how Jesus invites us to live as his followers. So he ends chapter 5. And I'm gonna give you, we're going to do with a section of chapter 5. He ends by saying this, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, and what that means, in, he says, be telio, so be be a, a, an adult, not a minor. Be a mature person spiritually, not a child. And so, it's an invitation to spiritual maturity to actually grow up. Now, to understand what he's talking about there at the end of the chapter five, you got to look at what happens before it. And so, what he does, he gives seven specific commands, actually, and where he describes the qualities of what this maturity looks like. And uh, they are challenging. I'm telling you up front, they're really challenging. And so I want to invite you, uh, if you're in a car, you can't take a note, please, not if you're driving. Uh, but if you can drop a note or two, it is worth uh, you making a note or two and, and, and on your own just ponder and meditate uh, on, that, on these texts because they really are uh, tremendous. So, again, Jesus' definition of spiritual maturity. Okay, I'm going to begin because it's after the Beatitudes. Uh, he begins uh, verses 19 and 20 of chapter 5 of Matthew, and he says the first quality is spiritually mature uh, people love and obey Scripture. In other words, he, he, Jesus talks about, he goes, anyone who sets aside the least of these commands and teaches others will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices, whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus said, I mean, Jesus loved Scripture. And so the first quality is, is, is that we just we have this attitude towards scripture that is one of just love. I, I, you know, humans do not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's by food. It's by drink. I'm 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 a person. My life is defined by scripture. And uh, boy, that's anything we learn from Jesus that is love for scripture. And why? So we can be obedient. Um, and basically, Jesus is saying if we're loose with scripture, uh, we're going to be loose with Him as followers. That's number one. Number two is we zealously banish resentments. <clears throat> number two is we zealously banish uh, resentments. And uh, he says, um, you've heard that it was said, uh, you shall not murder. But I tell you, anyone's angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Anyone who calls his brother or sister raka or stupid or jerk or idiot will be answerable to the court. It's found in verses 20 to 22. So the second quality of a spiritually mature person is uh, we banish zealously 
all resentments and anger. In fact, for Jesus, dismissive words of other people are a big deal. Uh, in fact, he says it's actually a hell-deserving crime. You know, it's amazing. I mean, I read this. I say, it is, I can be on the highway driving home after this podcast and somebody cuts me off and I can just mutter under my breath, jerk. You know, and for Jesus, that is not just a little jerk. I mean, so, so what he's saying is we don't stay angry and nurse hatred towards any brother or sister. We don't, we don't guard resentment. We don't carry it around uh, with us. <clears throat> and um, we, 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 we bring it to God. We recognize, again, I'm poor in spirit. Oh, Father, help me. But we do not play with this. Uh, in fact, Jesus says these harsh words kill more people than drugs, alcohol, and smoking combined. And so, again, the whole way we use words towards other people and anger is so different than the world. And so we're constantly crying out to God, Lord, have mercy on me. Uh, and if you look at the Sermon on the Mount, again, Jesus has such a theme of constantly, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us and not and offering forgiveness every day to those who hurt us. So that's the second quality, zealously banishing resentments. Okay, third is this that we fight against lust. And Jesus says, you've heard it was said long ago, do not commit adultery. He goes, but I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And he, then he goes, Ryan, if your right hand eye calls you to sin, gouge it out. Or, or you know, your right hand calls you to stumble, cut it off. And and, uh, and he says, you got to deal with this head on. Now, now, the understanding of, of sexuality in, 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 the, in, in the first century by Jesus was a shock to the Greco-Roman world. And uh, uh, what he's saying is that, yes, there are attractive people out there. That's, that's God-given that we notice attractive people. And, you know, it, it, and he's saying, when he's talking about lusting, he's referring to staring, sustained looking with the desire to possess. And... Uh, uh, and that is where we cross the line of violating a person's value and honor, and you know we, we're not protecting them any longer. Now, it has been said that for men, this is probably the most difficult command in the New Testament. In fact, it's impossible to do, and that's why Jesus says to us, with human beings, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And what Jesus is banning here is all seduction. I think of you know not, not just a person being seduced, but the person doing the seducing. And I mentioned recently in a sermon uh, how walking down uh, a main street in Manhattan and looking up at the billboard of Victoria's Secret uh, models, big billboards, you know, scantily dressed. And, you know, of course it's airbrushed photos. And 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 it was like a really big, multiple ones on, on a big wall. And I, and I could just feel the power behind them saying, look at me, you know, and, and you know, and, and what they're, they're saying is, we, I want you. You know, I love you. And uh, I just said, my gosh, it's like a power. And I just said, oh, you know, married, I'm married. <laughs> you know, walk straight ahead. And then I went around the corner and someone handed me an invitation to go into this. And a girl was scantily dressed, you know, low-cut dress. This is 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Invites me to go into a gentleman's club. You know, and these two other guys with suits go right in front of me to this gentleman's club. And it's, a, it's, a, it's not like a, a, a sleazy street I was on. It was a very nice street. I think it was 35th or 32nd Street in Manhattan. And uh, But again, it was like I could feel the power of it. And so what Jesus is saying is that mature Christ followers are merciless uh, in, 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 in dealing with this swiftly, brutally, hard, painfully. In other words, uh, 
that I, I, I'm going to fight this, uh, th- this lust thing. And I like what Martin Luther said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. And it is just, there's a vigilance there out of the value of human beings uh, for the sake of Christ. Again, we're protecting sexuality, the beauty of it, protecting marriage, protecting relationships, uh, protecting, you know, men, women. Uh, that's number two. Okay, that's number three. So you love to obey scripture, number one. We zealously banish resentments, number two. We fight off lust, number three. And then fourthly, uh, we have integrity in our marriages and in our homes. And Jesus then goes into marriage and divorce. And basically, we are to fight off unfaithfulness in our marriages. And it's so easy to be unfaithful, whether it's emotional or physical or things pull us away. We get married to our jobs. We get married emotionally to sports teams. But that our marriages are first after Jesus. And, and it's so interesting that, that two of the first four commands are about protecting marriage. You know, sexuality and, and this whole marriage commandment. That's how important that is. The fifth is words. And Jesus says, you've heard long ago about not making, you know, don't swear an oath. He goes, I, I, you, know, you can make an oath, but fulfill the vows you've made. He goes, I tell you, don't swear by an oath at all. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, that he's saying that the fifth quality of a mature Christian is the words we speak um, are so truthful that our yes is yes and our no is no. We don't need to swear ever. We don't need to make an oath on a, on a court because people know that when we say something, it's true. We're not embellishing. We're not exaggerating. We're not saying yes when we mean no. We're not. We're not. Uh, you know, giving half the truth. We actually are being. We reflect the spirit of truth, the God of truth, Jesus, who is the truth. And Jesus says in this text, all else comes from the evil one. It's one of the qualities that we've nurtured in our lives. The sixth quality, again, I'll review them again. We love to scripture. We zealously banish anger. We fight lust. We have integrity in our marriages and our homes. Fifthly, we, we speak and live in truth. And sixthly, we are not defensive or violent. Uh, we actually are poised. Uh, and Jesus then gives a story about when someone asks you for your coats, uh, or he goes, he goes, he goes you've, heard, you know, you've heard eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I say to you, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, give them the other cheek. If someone wants to sue you to take your shirt, give them your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go to one mile, go with them two miles. And what he's saying here is that we've re- we're not defensive. Mature people, um, we don't attack other people to honor our rights. And this is an oppressive Roman empire. Uh, we have a nonviolent response. We surprise people. Uh, we we are not like others trying to hold on to our shirts or our honor because we understand that Jesus is Lord and we disarm people by the fact of we've got nothing to prove. We're not trying to get even. Uh, actually, love flows out of us. Uh, we're creative. But then Jesus closes his seven qualities with the climax of all of them. And it's called Love Your Enemies. Let me me review one more time all seven. We love scripture. We zealously banish resentments. We fight lust. Number four, we have integrity in our marriages. Number five, we speak and live in truth. Number six, we're not defensive uh, or violent. And seventhly, we love our enemies. Now, Jesus, this is actually, this is the climax because this is the test of true Christianity. We actually love and greet our enemies. 
Uh, and Jesus says the only way to love our enemies is actually to pray for them. Just think of it for a minute. God is the great enemy lover. I mean, God loves his enemies and died for us. And as we love our enemies, we actually reflect him. He is the greatest enemy lover of all time. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That's why he died for us. So in this incredibly politically charged environment that we're living in right now, here, especially in the United States, um, whoever, whatever political party you belong to, and I, I want to encourage you, I don't think you should say anything until you pray every day and love that. You know you love that person on the other side of the aisle. Then we can have a discussion. But what makes Christians different is we pray for our enemies. We just don't tweet and write Facebook posts and spout comments. We love, what good is it if you love those who love you, who agree with you? And Jesus says, no, a mature adult is not like everybody else. And uh, the whole thrust is, is, is that true Christianity loves enemies. That, that's it. And it's a miracle. Again, it's another miracle, isn't it? That's why the Sermon on the Mount begins with the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. I look at those seven qualities, I can't live any of them. Uh, I, and this takes the Holy Spirit. This takes a level of brokenness. That's why the sermon begins, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who know they're impoverished, those who know they can't, those who know they, they have nothing to offer God, and they come broken and poor in spirit. So we come and we are meant to come to each of these seven commands. Now, if you're a pastor leader like I am, I read them and I say, oh my gosh, I have been a Christian 40 years and I am still a child. And that's what's been so humbling reading this. I've been so challenged um, to, to grow up, be a person who's not a minor, but Jesus says, be perfect or be mature, be perfectly mature as your heavenly father is mature. And I pray that for you. I, I, I believe the greatest gift we can give our churches is to grow up. So I'm meditating on these scriptures. Um, and I know I need a miracle every day to live out this Christian life as Jesus describes it here, but I, I don't want to water down the word of God, uh, because of what I see around me and what's lived around me, what's even expected around me. I want, actually want, I, if Jesus asks us to do this, and I like as one great scholar said, the word of God in and of itself, as we, as we read it and as we ponder it and listen to it, it actually has power to enable us to obey it. So when Jesus says, follow me, we hear that word, follow me, it gives us the grace and power to get up and follow Jesus. And so we read these words, and there's power to actually enable us to live it. The Christian life really is a supernatural life. And if anyone needs this, it's us in leadership for God to fill us with power. So let me just close by asking you a question. Who are you um, angry at today? And, uh, you know, you just can't stand them. You know, you're, you're guarding resentment. Uh, or maybe you're just struggling with lust or pornography to, to somehow alleviate stress that you're under, or maybe your words are just flippant. Uh, you know, you say things that just aren't fully true. Uh, you're saying yes when you mean no, or maybe you are defensive and not anxious, and someone touches your honor or or your 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 name. You get so defensive and crazy. And then, who are your enemies? Those are people who drive you crazy and irritate you, and they can be theological enemies, political enemies, enemies in your family, uh, enemies on your staff. Uh, and pray for them. Jesus says, love them and pray for He tells, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. For the, We are to pray until we feel something of God's love. And that's the miracle of the love of God in our hearts.
So I, you know, I look at emotionally healthy spirituality in our discipleship courses. What we are doing is trying to get people anchored in Jesus so we can actually live what I just talked to you about, these seven qualities of becoming spiritually mature. This, friends, is the narrow, rugged road of discipleship. Uh, it's an easy yoke, but it's rugged and it's narrow. Uh, this is not just attending church on a Sunday, friends. This is, this is following Jesus. So let me invite you, if you're not familiar with our Emotionally Healthy Discipleship courses, that you would go on our website, www.emotionallyhealthy.org, uh, get information. I would get you get those kits, come to one of our live streams uh, where you can learn how do I lead this course. But we believe firmly that if we're going to grow into this kind of spiritual maturity, we have got to anchor our lives and our churches in a discipleship that deeply changes lives. So what we've given our life to is developing and helping churches and people like yourself implement these courses into your life and community so that we can mature and grow up and not remain babies the rest of our Christian lives. We want to grow up mature disciples in Christ. And as we do that, our impact in the world as salt and light will grow, will increase, and will be a blessing to the world. May the Lord bless you. So again, thank you for listening to our Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. I invite you again to get on our mailing list at www.emotionallyhealthy.org. I look forward to seeing you again next month. This has been Pete Scazzaro.